Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to a new episode of Sharings with Shama. As always, I want to say thank you for all the positive feedback that you give me. Um, it's, uh, I think it's so amazing. And for those of you who doesn't share your voice with me, I just want to say that there is something uh, really, really nice going on in uh, on Instagram. It's, um, yeah, I have uh, friends that I don't know except from Instagram who record little voice messages to me and I answer them and then we have a sharing going on. And uh, I think it's just lovely. It's such a lovely way. And it's also, it's also a way for me to get to know you better because you hear me and you listen to my voice, but I don't know you. Um, honestly, I don't follow people on Instagram, so I don't know what you look like. It's very, very rare that I go to someone's feed and, and look at you. I don't think it's egotistical of me. It's just that is not my way. I find it takes so much time to just, you know, be uh, to care about my own stuff. And I guess that's what life's about. So you have to kind of choose your battles. But um, I really, really appreciate all of you who follow me and who communicate with me and listen to this podcast. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about anger. I'm going to talk about, this is a topic on request. Um, so I'm going to share about anger and my relationship to anger and also a few things that I've learned during the years. And as always, I want to go back to my own childhood. My parents, they were angry parents. And when I say angry parents, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they were always angry, but they They were, both of them, very, very reactive in their ways. So uh, you, were, you were scared of them as a child. I was scared. I grew up scared of my mom and I grew up scared of my dad because you, you knew that if you did something wrong, you were going to be punished. And when I say punished, I know that many, many people can relate to being a small child, you know, making a mistake because children never intentionally do bad things. So we make mistakes and when we do, we get punished. Some of us got punished, you know, with a belt or uh, they slapped us or um, my parents did not do any of that, but they yelled at me and they yelled very reactive, very hard and... Um, which meant that you were, uh, I remember from early age that I was very, you know, you become very anxious to please and not to do wrong. And the thing is that depending on their moods, something that was okay one day was not okay the next day. So uh, it makes you grow up very kind of sensitive, very vulnerable and very exposed and you kind of you're walking on eggshells in a way and it was not like 
I know that it can be much, much, much worse. You can have alcoholic parents. You can have, you know, mentally unstable. And when I say unstable, I, I mean, you can have parents with diagnosis that, uh, you know, cannot handle emotions at all and everything needs to be on their conditions. My parents were not like that. I mean, I mean, I had I had beautiful parents, you know, my mom, she was she was beautiful and she was she tried really really hard she did her best to raise us she supported us and you know but she had a way uh, which comes from her traumas her childhood but that when it came to emotions um she was not the the most qualified if i say like that so anger was um it was quite easy for her to be angry uh, which meant for me as a child. And it was also, I think it was very easy for her to be angry at me. We have different roles in the family and I was the youngest and I was the rebel. And when I was a teenager, uh, coincidentally, both my, my mom lost her job and became depressed and my dad got cancer and got really, really sick. And I think that that was something that shaped our relationship a lot because they were both in a both in a very exposed situation, and I was a teenager in my puberty. You know, begin to drink and hang out with boys, and I became difficult. And of course, when they became, what shall I say, even more mentally, uh, sorry, and emotionally unstable. Uh, it became worse for me. They became more reactive, you know. So I remember situations where I was, I think, five. Um, I broke something. I broke, like, it was something you pour sugar with. I broke it. And my dad, he, you know, he yelled at me as if I had, you know, killed a cat or something. And I remember I got so scared, you know, I, because you know when you break something that is nice and then someone just yells at you really, really loud and tells you, why did you do that? You're so stupid, da, 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 da. And you're just five years old, you, you become terrified. When I was six, I think my dad, he was very skilled when it come, came to carpenting and, you know, creation and fixing. He was a surgeon. He was very, very good with his hands. And and I had I have that skill too. And he taught me early, early, early how to mend things, how to fix things and about carpenting and so on. And, and we were allowed to use all the tools in his shed except a knife. So I did. And I remember one morning, early, early morning, I went outside and and there was like this um, a plank and I knew how to make that plank um, less wide, thinner. So you just use, it's, it's, it's like a, a big screwdriver, a flat screwdriver, but it's, it's bigger and you kind of use a hammer and you, you push that screwdriver thing. Uh, it's called stem yarn in Swedish, but anyhow, to kind of cut off a bit of the plank. And I don't know, if, if is it called a plank? I don't know. A piece of wood, anyhow. And I used that and I, I got, got it into the, the, the piece of wood and then I 
took my little hand and I put it my hand down at at the the plank instead, and I held it there and I took the hammer and I just hammered down this really sharp kind of screwdriver thing, and then the screwdriver thing it just I, at one go it just went through my hand and it stuck my hand to the the log that I was using as like um, like table and my hand was stuck in it and it just sat there in into my hand and I'm like oh it didn't even hurt and then I took it out and the blood just came pumping out of my hand and I began to, to, I don't think he, I even screamed because it didn't hurt, but I ran inside and I said, dad, dad. And I came with my hand all bleeding, you know, it was running through my elbow and he yelled at me and he said, fuck you, child. I told you not to use the knife. You're so stupid. Da, da, da. And he was screaming. And that was like the way my dad was. It did not happen often. Let's say it happened once every summer, but it happened. It happened enough times for me to be scared of my father. You know, with my mom, it was also she was less. What shall I say? She was more into the little things. That if you did something wrong, uh, she was very moody, and I know that to 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 grow up with an angry household and reactive parents is terrifying. So I understand that for all of you who grew up with, say, alcoholic parents, um, you know, who has like mood swings, parents with mood swings, it's terrifying for a child. So, uh, so that's my like childhood relationship about anger. This shaped me, of course. So I was really scared of angry people in general. At school, I had a teacher. She was uh, very angry. Um, so I was very scared of her. And I think you, you get a way to kind of work around it. You avoid it. You get like a bit of behavior that is avoiding or that you, you cover up. You begin to lie. Of course, if you make mistakes, you lie. I lied so much. You know, the fear of my parents' anger made me lie so much. I could never tell the truth. You know, in my teenage years, I could never say things as they were. And it was stupid things, you know. If I if I came home late uh, and my mom was angry, I could not tell that I was at the guy's place. I had to, to lie and say that I was with a girlfriend. Even though me and the guys, we played like soccer or something, I could not say because I knew that she hated that I hang out with with boys. So I begin to lie early when I was yeah, 13, 14, I begin to to do little lies just to to not to avoid her anger. That made me honestly an compulsive liar just try trying to avoid her anger. Was she less angry because I lied? Not really. It did not work, you know, because there was always consequences, you know, if I came late. And I especially, and this is really, really strange, all the times I used my, my, my dad. He was, I told you, when he let us do a lot of, he had three girls, he wanted boys. So he let us, especially me, do a lot of stuff. And 
he had this um, air gun, uh, like a rifle, that he taught us to use early. And um, so we were allowed, this is very strange, but we were allowed to take that and go out and put up, like there was this little little target uh, chart that you put f- at the far distance. And then me and my sister, six and eight, we could stand there and just like, you know, yeah, we nailed it. We were really, really good. Anyhow, once when I was loading, because you kind of pull down the the whole front of the rifle, you pull it down. And that is really, really heavy. And for a six-year-old girl, it's really hard. So you have to put, put it between your legs and then you have to kind of like really hang on to it so it begins to open. And then after a while, it gets easier. And then you push in with your little thumb. You push in this little hail. It's like a little lead Uh, bullet is super tiny it's just a few millimeters you push it in with your thumb and then you close the rifle again and when you close the rifle it's also quite hard to pull it back and if you're six years old it's not I mean you could forget to remove your thumb and then you close it so I did that and that was very very difficult because then you have to open the gun again to get your thumb out and I did that, and then I went running, you know, inside and say, say, dad, 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 with my my another, you know, one of my my injuries, and he yelled at me so hard, and uh, once I fell down on the rocks and I really hurt myself. So there was something with anger and at least me uh, getting injured. And we spent the summer at the, our summer house and I always got injured, you know. And it always these this big things, you know, with, you know, stitches and um, almost losing a finger or something. And so I can say that anger for my father, that was fear, you know. It was his instant fear that came out to us, you know. So I don't think that anger, he was not necessarily angry with us. He got scared and his way to to handle that was to shout and yell and tell us how stupid we were. And I think that was his way to prevent it from happening again. So I think actually anger for my father was his way to navigate things that happened and he didn't have this he didn't have patience he didn't have calm he didn't have you know he didn't have this loving emotion come sit in my lap and oh what happened baby he was just he snapped thank god he was married to Marianne and she was the total opposite so when I I hurt myself as a child he yelled and did his thing and then Marianne came and picked up the pieces so in a way it was quite pleasant because the more he yelled the more love and care I got from Marianne so it was uh, but I think for for a child to grow up in this uh, unreliable you know conditions and this fear of making mistakes and and also realize if you hurt yourself you're so fucked not only because it hurts, you know, 
but you are going you are in trouble now you're really in trouble so so my parents growing up I think that shaped me a lot because I was super scared of angry people I was scared of angry people until I was uh, 45 maybe I remember that um, I also choose people often choose people who are angry these days I don't But I used to, I had like um, one of the fathers of my children, extremely reactive, extreme anger, you know, um, really, really ice cold. And I think when I, this anger that I talk about now, that's, I think there are two versions of anger. There is this reactive, ice cold, you know, uh, anger that can kill, that can really, really cause damage and I think that anger is super unhealthy and it really really messes up especially children's lives and then there is another type of anger that is healthy I think that this type of anger is, you know, when it comes to victims, you know, there's always like a perpetrator and a victim and a tyrant or a, or, or a victim. But I, but I think that when it comes to anger, I think that angry person is also a victim because that person is a victim for his or her own emotions. It's not controllable, you know, they just snap. And I feel that that's also a victimhood to not be able to control your emotion because you are like a walking bullet, you know, waiting to just, um, what do you say? Yeah, for someone to pull the trigger. And I'm really happy I'm not that kind of person. I get angry maybe once a year, maybe. I think it's two and a half years ago where I got really, really angry. And then I think I got as angry as my children never, ever have seen me. It was when Lunis was three months, four months maybe. I got so upset with one of my children. And we were having dinner here. And, and you know, that I have... Uh, you know, I have kind of provided for my kids their whole life. I always think of them. I always put them, I've always put them before me. And at this point, I was going, we were planning. Um, it was Rachel, me, Dennis, um, my youngest. It was everyone except my son, I think. And uh, we were planning for my next trip to Aruba to help out with the baby And we were planning this, we were planning that, uh, really. And then my youngest says, okay, so what are you going to do about Henry? And I just felt like I, I do so much for them all the time, all the time, all the time. I fix, I fix apartments, I fix this, I buy this, I support them, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. And then my youngest she was just going to be home. It was summer vacation. And the dog, 
I didn't plan who's going to take care of him when I'm away. And she just said, like, very casually, and mom, huh, wh- what did you think about Henry? Who's going who's gonna to care for Henry then? And I snapped. I just felt like she was going with me to Aruba. Everyone, you know, it was, it was like a big family thing. And then at the bottom line, mom, so what about this detail? If you forgot something here. And it was the arrogance. It was like the the way she said it. And I just, I snapped. And I said, I'm so fucking tired of me taking care of everything all the time. And I'm like, eh. and I got really, and I had to go out in the hall. And I stood there jumping up and down, jumping, jumping, jumping. And then I kicked the door in the hall. And I said, I'm so upset. And my kids you know, <laughs> they just sat there watching me and, and they, they were like, Mom, what is this? You are dangerous. And that was like, they never seen me angry. It was like, they came as a total shock to them that I had the capacity to become that angry. And they still joke about it. They still, you know, joke about it they say that anger is like a a person of its own in my family it's like now okay so you are out on the beach walking with anger you know there was like for years they made fun of me because they never seen me angry like that so it happened you know for my kids I think that was the most angry they've seen me and maybe it happened twice before in like 32 years so that's my my way with anger. That does not mean it's healthy to not be angry. For me, um, anger is something that we are scared of often, often because we are brought up like I was, that we are so scared of angry people. We are so scared of making mistakes. So we try to avoid anger at every cost, which means that we don't... Um, create situations where people might get angry with us. We avoid, you know, we develop a behavior that is really unhealthy. That kind of anger is unhealthy and the consequence of that kind of anger is a behavior in other people that is also very unhealthy. So then we come to a different type of anger. So this anger, uh, I actually wrote some things down before this that is... There is this anger that is very, very reactive, uh, that is ice cold, you know, that can really, really harm other people. Let's say that that anger is it's a killer instinct in a way. It is dangerous because it's not, it's not controllable, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like shooting a gun in a way. I think you know what it means when I'm talking about this kind of anger. And then there is this anger that I wish that I learned more about and I've come to realize that there is an anger that is connected to self-love, that is not reactive, that is standing your ground, setting boundaries, knowing what's right and wrong, knowing what is okay for you and not okay for for you, you know. So that type of anger, one example would have been that when my dad 
when I became a bit older uh, and he reacted with anger to a mistake that he thought was a mistake that I made, that I would have said that, you know what, this is not okay for me. It's not okay that you're yelling at me this way when I'm hurt, you know. I really, really damaged my foot here and you are yelling at me as if I'm some loser. It's not okay, you know. To be able to stand my ground and say to someone else, you know, because there is something, there is something in healthy anger that is extremely powerful, that is extremely protective, that is, you know, there is a lot of self-love, there is a lot of, uh, what shall I say, red essence, it's, it's hot, it's really fire, it's like, it's that type of anger, you know, that if you hurt my child, you know, I'm going to get you. Is this anger that comes that, you know, you really, is this anger that I, f- I feel that, I got bullied a lot when I was a child. And there were times when a bigger person than I was sitting in me and spitting in my face, you know, just uh, sitting there drooling on my face, drop after drop after drop. And I was tiny. And there came a point when I became maybe 10, 11, when I got the power, you know, to just pushed that person off my chest. And that anger, that power, you know, that ability to really muster up that much muscle work and to push that maybe uh, 15, 20 kilos bigger person off my chest. I know that feeling. Um, Unfortunately, afterwards I had to run. uh, So I think I lost kind of the moment. And Unfortunately, that person thought this was hilarious. So I was called the Hulk and they waited for me to become the Hulk, you know. So they punished me, bullied me until I became the Hulk and got that power. And they, uh, it went too far. Absolutely. But anyhow, so I know I had this power, you know, it was good for me to know that deep down, deep down in this tiny, tiny little body, I'm really, really strong. And, but it's also not a good way to become that angry, become that, you know, pushed to the edge like that. That was really, it was more survival. So the anger I'm talking about that is healthy is that when someone is um, treating you in a bad way, you know, and you feel something is bubbling inside, and you really feel this is not okay. This, what you're doing right now, is totally not, not okay. So a healthy anger is actually, in a calm way, telling people, this is not okay for me, you know. This is not the way you treat me, and it's not okay for me. You don't have to raise your voice because you're angry. You don't have to frighten people because you're angry. You can be extremely solid in your anger. You can be, for me, healthy anger is a lot of, you know, setting your boundaries, using your powers to protect yourself in a healthy way. And that kind of anger, 
I did not, I mean, first, I could not be angry at all because I was terrified of angry people. And I was terrified that if I was angry, people would be, become angry with me. So it was a vicious circle. And now the more I learned to love myself, the more important I felt I was in my life, the healthier my anger became. I'm still not the person who yells at people, you know, tells them to fuck off and tells them they are no good and so on. I've never been that person and I will not be. It's not in my personality and I don't believe in it. I don't believe in telling people to fuck off unless they hurt you, of course. But in general, to to use your anger to set borders, boundaries, and really, I think I spoke about that in the in the episode before. There is something in spirituality when you go to retreats and and you know uh, groups and therapy, and so anger is one of the biggest topics because everyone who comes into therapy and who is really really in a miserable place, depressed, depressed people see as a deep down they're so fucking angry and if you don't have access to your anger if you can't set boundaries if you can't let people know this is my space hey you back off then you can become depressed because you suppress an energy in you that is very, very healthy. It's important. We have anger to protect ourselves. We have anger to set the boundaries so we are not stepped over or hurt. The thing is that as children, often that healthy anger is compromised. So we don't dare to use it. You know, so this is one of the first things that you learn in therapy is to access your anger in a healthy way. The problem is that many, many people, I've seen it so much, many people use that anger or that way to set up boundaries and tell people to fuck off and, you know, really, and it becomes a way of not being kind anymore. And I feel that we really, really need to feel into, you know, and I think that is also a lack of self-love, that if you love yourself, you know your, your, your boundaries, you know what's good for you and not good for you. So you don't have to yell at people. You don't have to set up boundaries all the time. You don't have to protect yourself. You can just go about your day, your daily life. And when something happens, it happens. And you take it at the spot. You take it at the moment when it happens. You know, I think a lot of anger is accumulated because you don't do it when it happens, you know, when it happens. And I don't mean someone, someone hurts you, you become angry and you now I, I need to yell at them now. No, there is a, there is a person, Gurdjieff, he said that whenever he felt reactive, you know, he did nothing. He let 24 hours pass before the event that made him, you know, uh, emotional until he responded. 24 hours had to pass. And after 24 hours, he had nothing to say. The thing is that if you practice this, that when you get triggered, instead of reacting you take it inside, you go home, 
you whatever, you don't connect, you take 24 hours and you sit with it. And then, you know, okay, what kind of response do I have? Do I even have a response? Often, we don't, you know. After 24 hours, when something happens and we react, because when we react, we often react because we're hurt, we're triggered in the wound. A lot of anger comes out because we're triggered in the wound. You know, my dad, I think he loved me so much. I think he loved me so much. I was his favorite child. And I think every time I hurt myself and came with blood running, you know, down some body part, I think he got so scared that he had to react, you know. And his reaction to protect us both was for him to be angry, so angry, so I wouldn't do it again. So I think that that re realize that this anger that is reactive it has a basis of fear and it has a basis of hurt, wound, traumas, you know, uh, victimhood. And we can work on that. I would say that anger, if you have an anger issue, that's one of the easiest things to address in therapy. That is like the, that's like therapy 1.0. That's anger. So... Another thing also, angry people, there are like, if you, if you, there are, there are two emotions that are difficult for people. Now I'm just being general, I'm generalizing, I'm generalizing. Um, if, if you take, for example, sadness and anger, often angry people are not sad. They don't cry. And other way around, sad people, they're not angry. They don't have access to their anger. Angry people, they don't have access to their sadness, their tears. And sad people, they don't have access to their anger. Why is that? It's not that, okay, you got that emotion. That's the hand you got in life. And you got anger. Okay, that's what you were uh, dealt. You know, that's not how it is. This is something that also comes from our childhood, you know, the way we bro were brought up. If we had angry parents, we avoid anger, you know, and we are super victimized and sadness and tears are very close to us. I'm generalizing, okay? And the other way around, you know. So that's also something you learn early in therapy, you know, especially in groups, it's so easy to define people, sorry, but it's so easy to define people, you know. The victims, they're going to be sad, they're going to be like, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Underneath that, they are sitting on an ocean of anger because they have been so, you know, pushed down their whole life, like the garbage bin. And you know that when you have in a group a person who is a real victim, it's poor me, poor me, taking care of my whole family and codependency, alcoholic husband, mom, da, 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 da. You know, that person is so fucking angry. And that person is a person who snap at times, you know. That anger, when it really comes, it's lethal. It's really, really dangerous. So we work a lot on that in therapy you know, to access that anger in a healthy way, to set boundaries, you know, to really, uh, and, and 
it in therapy we tell people to fuck off you know we do dynamic meditation every morning and we tell people to fuck off you know it's really like to 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 work and to kind of experiment with anger in in a therapeutical situation is extremely healthy you know it's like it's like you know testing in a, in a in a test environment you can um try it out you can work it you can feel it and the power of anger i told you in an episode when i when people were bullying me because i told them about my suicide attempt and when i told them that really that my anger the volume you know the the massiveness of my anger how big it was and that they should all be aware of it and really watch themselves in relationship to me from now on I know that moment in my life, I'm still on a high from that. That's five years ago. I'm still, because I saw myself in that room. I saw myself with 40 people standing my ground, you know, telling them how, you know, strong I am, what powers I have. And and I'm still, I still feel it in my belly. I still feel like, wow, the person who messes with me you know, is in in trouble. And I think that when you access that healthy anger that comes from self-love, that comes from protecting yourself, for, for, you know, standing your ground, setting your boundaries, an anger that is not reactive, that is not like uh, from a survival mode. There's a difference between protecting yourself and surviving, you know, if you become angry because you're afraid you're going to die, then it's reactive. It's really like, you know, uh, so I think that this anger that is, is very, very powerful, the self-loving anger. And that type of anger comes very rare. You know, for me, as I say, is very, that anger never has a, a loud voice. That anger is very clear for me. It's very clear. The words are extremely well chosen and spoken. It's not that I take my time. They just come. And there's no, there's no doubt about that anger. And it makes people understand. It makes people see me. And I, I can say that that anger is a totally different kind of anger than when I react because my child says, and mom, hey, uh, what are you going to do about your dog thingy? Um, and I just feel like that was a reactive anger. Um, it was a dangerous anger. I went out in the hall and I kicked, you know, the door. You know, the anger, I had one dad of my children he he kicked a big hole in my son's door at one point because he was angry and to be to grow up in a household like that is it's super super traumatizing for a child okay i i wrote something yes i spoke about sadness and anger um i don't know the the people who asked me to speak about anger 
I don't know their relationship to anger, if they are angry themselves or if they uh, are afraid of angry people, if they live with angry people. Or, but I can say that this, this re- reactive emotion like frustration and anger and you feel you want to hurt someone and you react, you feel envy and you want to uh, have revenge and so on, that is, that is super unhealthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for you and it's not good for the people around you. And the best way, the best way to to deal with that is actually to work it in therapy. Because behind those reactive anger emotions, there is something else. And most likely, there is a lot of sadness. If you're choosing the path of being angry and not being sad, you know, then you have a lot of sadness inside, you know. Inside of you, inside every angry, frustrated, irritated person, there is a traumatized child, you know. There is someone suffering. There is someone fighting for his or her life with that anger. So to go to therapy, and and this is, this is not, what shall I say, there are different types of problems we can work with in therapy and anger as I see it is not one of the hardest things to to kind of master because behind the anger there is a lot of sadness and there is a lot of tears and when you access those tears you know the anger goes down you know, when you let the sadness and the tears, when you let the real emotions come out, you know, the anger, the emotion that covered them, it gets less, it's, it, you know, it shrinks. So there is a very healthy way to work with this. And I went to a group with a, an enlightened man, actually, he is amazing. He, I think he's quite old now, maybe 70-something. He had an, an um, exercise where we were to ask, what's deeper than that? All the time. What's deeper than that? What's deeper than that? And uh, so we took an issue. And that issue, uh, we were sitting two people, um one was asking the question constantly, what's deeper than that? So the person who was like um, having the issue said, for example, I, I'm so, I, I, I hate my, let's say I hate my father. Uh, and the other person said, uh, what's deeper than that? Uh, and then you said the next thing that came to you, uh, I hate that he always uh, blames me for everything. What's deeper than that? Uh, I hate that he makes me feel like a loser. What's deeper than that? And then you just continue. And for me, every time we did this exercise, every, every time, at the deepest, deepest level, it was death. At the deepest, deepest level, there was fear of someone dying or of me dying. That behind everything that, 
you know, uh, one child, I blame myself for, for leaving her daddy. And that was a topic for me, was deeper than that, was deeper than that. It turned out that me leaving him when she was very young meant that I was 100% certain that she was going to commit suicide. So I lived with this fear in my daily life and I tried to protect her and me from this happening in our daily life for years. And I was absolutely clueless that deeper than that was my fear of losing her. And so this exercise is extremely interesting to do whenever you have an issue to ask yourself what's deeper than that that I'm so fucking angry with this person, I want to kill him. Okay, what's deeper than that? And it may be that he or she reminds you of your mom and dad or whatever, something happened, and deeper than that, you are afraid that you're going to die. So there's always something behind these reactive emotions that we can't control, you know? There's always something lying. And in therapy... I love therapy, you know, but I've done so much, so I don't do any now. But when and when I did it, I was actually quite clueless of what I did. You know, I just went into it like 100%. I went for it totally. I've never been in a retreat when I have not given my all. Uh, so if you go to a retreat or a group, give your all. Just invest everything because you pay a lot of money for it. And you just go follow the flow. You do all the stupid things they want you to do. And you just do it. Because afterwards, something shifts, you know. Even if you're not aware of it in the situation, during the group, something, it changes you, you know. It really... Um, so I have gone from being the biggest, biggest victim, you know, on the planet to becoming a person who actually thinks that I'm not only okay, I am amazing. I I feel really every day I am fucking amazing. I'm solid. I am, you know, reliable. I am, to me, I'm solid, reliable. I am uh, so super worthy of having a good life and uh, receiving goodness and love and kindness. And, you know, I just love being a good person. Something happened the other week that a few years ago would have put me in a mode of fuck you assholes you are like such shitty persons and I would actually do my best to tell them how really bad their behavior was and this and that and so on but now last week when this happened I just felt like oh how sad for you to be this this kind of person cannot be nice and I'm like, oh, and whatever this is about, I'm not going to respond in your way. Oh, absolutely not. Your behavior is not going to make me a less, less of a good person. Absolutely not. I will help you with whatever you need help with. Whatever you need in this situation, I will provide it for you. Because I am going down with my flag at the top. You know, I'm not going to do anything that would compromise my well-being, that would compromise my view and my look on myself. I will continue to be me, even though your behavior is not what I appreciate. So, 
And for me, a few years ago, I would be in such a victim, uh, loser, uh, need to fight back, need to tell them how bad this was, this, da, 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 da. And now I just feel like, no, I want to stay a magnificent person. So how how do I do that? Okay, you let's just be of service here. They seems like they have a difficult situation here because they can't behave in a good way. Okay, interesting. So, and it didn't affect me at all. Do you know what? The whole situation that would be like, uh, I need to go to a retreat and process this shit situation. It didn't affect me at all. <laughs> And um, so therapy, I would say, if you have an anger issue, go to therapy because it's not difficult to work with. Because behind that anger issue, there is a big, big childhood trauma that involves a lot of sadness. And to just open the door to that sadness, it's not going to kill you, you know. And the other way around, if you feel you are a victim and you are caring for everyone else and no one cares for you and so on, uh, go to therapy, go to a retreat, open that box of sadness and you're going to find a lot of hidden power underneath, you know. So anger and sadness is just like a cover-up for the other emotion and it covers up our power because there's a lot of power in sadness too. To have access to to have access to our whole spectra, you know, the whole spectrum of emotions, to have access to it. When we become sad, we cry, you know. When we become angry, we express that, you know, in a healthy ang- way, you know. Um, it's, it's not like when, when someone hurt us, okay, we access those emotions and we take the time and process it and feel like, okay, what's my response to this? You know, what's happening now in this situation? Who do I want to be in this situation? How do I want to, you know, how do I want this to turn out, you know? And to be able to have access to your emotions so you don't have to react, you know? To really understand your own wounds, to understand your traumas, why you feel like this right now. And to really, now I can just feel like, oh, Jesus Christ, this hurts so much. And it's because it reminds me so much of what happened when I was four. Or it's really this person reminds me, the behavior reminds me so much of my my mother. And it triggers me so bad. And this is not my mother. This situation is totally different, you know. And I don't have to react as a child. I can take my 24 hours and sit on it and see if I have something to say tomorrow. Yes or no. So there are many, many ways we can learn, you know, to uh, in therapy to really learn how to, we learn cause and effect, we understand, we develop compassion towards ourselves. And second, we develop compassion to other people. We learn that people who are not kind, people who are angry and reactive, you know, they are hurting inside. People who are not, you know, behaving well, in a loving, caring way, 
they have wounds, you know, that are unhealed. So we develop an understanding not only for ourselves, uh, but for other people too, because deep down we are all the same, you know. It's it's nothing we can't we can't put people in compartments like angry people, sad people, victims, tyrants, you know, dysfunctional people, this and that. We are so I think we love to put labels on people. We love to put people in boxes and we love to keep them there. And if it's someone that is really, really close to us, like our parents, and we feel they hurt us, we like to keep them there forever, you know, and we don't want to forgive them. And this is also one thing that a way to change our emotional stability is to look at this, you know, where do I come from? How come I'm so so angry? How come I'm so sad? How come I'm this and that? And to really understand that this is the cause, this is what happened. Okay, did my parents, when I spoke about my parents, these days I'm very, very careful. I don't want to compromise the well-being of the people I love. I don't want to, you know, expose my parents in a negative way because I feel, I feel so much love for my parents I feel that they did so they did such a great job with us girls. They were absolutely clueless, you know. They had no no training, no capacity. They had really difficult childhoods themselves and at the end we turned out well, you know. We are all really good people. Uh, my sisters are amazing. We did not have an easy childhood. It could have been much worse and our parents did their best. You know, so it's important for me to add that aspect also. They reacted, they were angry, they could not handle, especially not my rebellious side, you know, my alcohol, my drinking. They couldn't, who, I mean, who could have done it? I couldn't have done it. So I think it's so important to release them, you know, to release the ones we hold guilty the ones we are angry of, the resentment we feel, to release them from our guilt and blame and forgive them, you know, forgive them for everything they did because that was never their intention, you know. My mom and dad, they were babies, they were children too. They suffered their fair part too, you know. That shaped them and made them the parents to me they were they never, ever intended to harm me, ever. You know, my dad was angry because he loved me so much. It's very, you know, provocative to say that, but I know my dad, he was angry because he loved me so much. Whenever I got hurt, you know, he got scared. And his way to to, to change the situation was if I scream, you know, if I really... It was unconscious, you know, but that was his way to try to make me avoid, you know, being uh, wounded, hurt again. You know, he was scared. I'm going to one day this child, she's going to fall off a rock and smash her head, you know. So I think that anger, when it's reactive, it's so important that we work on it because it's it's dangerous and it scares the shit out of children. It's very, very difficult. You don't have to hit children to scare them. 
You don't have to raise your voice a lot to scare children. One thing, if you have domestic issues and you try to keep it away from children, you go into your bedroom and you fight in the bedroom after the kids are asleep, believe me, it doesn't work. Kids pick up everything, you know. They're so sensitive. So if you feel you protected your children by taking your fights outside, or, you know, we know, everyone knows. So it's really, go to therapy, deal with your shit, heal your wounds, you know, and it's easy. When it comes to anger, I would say, this is not the biggie, okay? We can do this. And to have a world, you know, to create a world, an environment that is less reactive, uh, that is less angry in general. You know, you can go to the supermarket and a person in, in waiting in line behind you just, you know, rushes out at you. What do you say? Just behaves in a way, you know, or you meet someone on the street or I bike around in Stockholm. People can become so angry of me when I bike, riding my bike. And I feel that type in traffic, people are so angry and frustrated. This anger you can work on. Actually, go to therapy. Therapy is amazing, especially group therapy, because when it comes to anger, we trigger each other so much. People, there's not a place on the planet where people are so angry as they are in group therapy. There's so many emotions coming up and people trigger each other. Everyone is reminding everyone about someone in their lives. So there's so much happening and the dynamic is amazing. So this is my piece of advice when it comes to anger. If you have an anger issue or if you feel like you are with people who are very, very angry, it's not your job to change them, you know? It's your job to work on yourself, to develop self-love so you can set healthy boundaries, you know? If you're a victim for another person's anger, it's not your job to change them. Don't even try. If it's an unhealthy relationship, maybe you should leave. Okay, but work on your issues. There is, an, there is a reason that you are in a relationship with an angry person. You know, there is a reason you are in a relationship with someone who abuses you. Work on that. And if you're in an abusive relationship, leave that relationship. Okay, go to therapy, work on your, why are you being a victim? What happened in your life? You know, and access your healthy anger. So for me, this topic about anger, uh, my strong, strong, strong advice is actually there's a lot of healing that can quite easily be done. So for this episode, I recommend therapy and I also recommend to get to know the healthy anger because there's a lot of power there's a lot of creativity in it there's a lot of sexual uh, sexuality in it if you are a person who have problems with your sexuality you know have issues here either you are too much too powerful you want to kind of um um what do you say um mm. Okay, so here's here comes my sec sexual uh, vocabulary. Uh, you're too dominant, you know. You want to to own that person. You want to uh, maybe you go to extremes. You want to punish someone when you have sex and so on. Um, that is also something 
unhealthy when anger comes out in an unhealthy way. But there is also when you become like sexuality, you withdraw from it or you don't enjoy it and you, you or you can't, you know, you never had an orgasm or something. There is something around anger when it comes to sexuality that a healthy anger also brings up a more healthy sexual life because they are connected. It's our core, you know, anger is our core power, it's a protection and it's really like our sexuality is a core essence, really. It's deep, deep down rooted. So there is a connection here. There's a fire here and it's beautiful. So anger doesn't have to be scary. It can be amazing, amazing, actually. So so this is my um, uh, episode on anger. I this is so funny because when I got the question I thought I thought as like with beauty I have nothing to say here because I'm not an angry person and then I realized I I actually have things to say thanks to going to all these years of therapy you know I learned a lot especially around anger I would also say if you are an addict if you are using a lot of drugs and alcohol Get off it, because that uh, really is fuel for anger, frustration, irritation, you know, unstable behavior. Uh, anger and addiction often come together, or anger, uh, sorry, addiction and victimhood. So it's just like two sides of the coin, okay? And therapy and to get off drugs and alcohol is very, very good. The 12 steps programs are very good. Uh, I would say that they are good because you look at your behavior and you understand that anger trigger drinking, for example, frustration, irritation, it, it triggers you to drink. Um, but in 12 steps groups, we don't do any healing. You know, it's not a healing program. We don't work on the childhood traumas. So I would say to get off drugs and alcohol, 12-step programs are amazing. And you should go to therapy. I shouldn't say must, but I I believe that everyone uh, benefits from therapy. So a combination of those I would recommend. Okay, darlings, beautiful ones. As always, if you want to give me feedback, uh, my Instagram is always open. My email is always open, shamaperson at gmail.com with the subject uh, podcast. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it on anger. Let's see what the next episode was going to be about. And... Uh, wherever you are at I hope you're in a good place and I hope that you yeah if you feel that this resonates with you I know that we together can make this world much 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 more beautiful especially for our kids growing up you know uh, if we work on our anger issues okay I love you puss